1: San Francisco 49ers went into Seattle and walked out with a 21 13 win in the NFC West Crown. And now, the Pick'em Show.
0: Dun, 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 dun. We're recording.
1: We're here. Welcome to the Pick'em Show. Uh, just finished watching overtime between the Vikings and the Colts, and what a crazy freaking game that was. Uh, I mean, I picked the Vikings to win, if you read the Saturday preview, but I didn't get it in in time on my apps, so when it was 33-0 Colts, I was like, alright, well, at least at least i'm gonna get the colts win so nobody else who picked the vikings is gonna get that game but wrong (laughs) wrong as wrong can be the vikings come back from down 33 they win it 36 33 in overtime honestly just an incredible game um but also the referees were horrible which helped make it as crazy of a game as it was one of the worst officiated games i've seen all season um And it was interesting having Nate Burleson in the booth because he's used to doing, like, good morning football stuff. I haven't really heard him, like, call a game, but his, like, personality and his style is a lot more just, like, transparent about what he's seeing. And he was just acknowledging, like, what the hell is going on.
0: December football.
1: December football. Um, But I did think for a moment that I was going to lose my fantasy matchup because... I was doing film club in the morning and I didn't get around to making a quarterback decision. And then uh, I knew Mike White had got ruled out and I was going to maybe pick up Andy Dalton and roll the dice in that Atlanta game. And, you know, instead I had Kirk Cousins in there and at halftime, he didn't even have a point. And I was like, all right, well, my fantasy season is over. Thanks to Kirk. And I was sad. But at the same time, uh, garbage time cures all (laughs) and you know (laughs) as soon as it hit garbage time the Vikings turned into a juggernaut uh I said in the first half I was like someone needs to get these guys like a round of shots or something because they're just not playing loose they're not like playing aggressive um and I don't know maybe they busted out the Hennessy or something in the locker room but they came out in the second half and looked much better uh and ended up winning And I'm not going to spend too much time with that game because I also need to talk about the San Francisco and Seattle game as well. So I'm going to get into that. After review, the result of the play is 1st and 15. (laughs) All right, I doubt I'm going to need the full 15 minutes for this, but you never know. Um, The Niners did exactly what I expected when I previewed the game. I just thought defense, run game too much even with Debo out uh, with Jimmy G out the Niners defense uh, was going to be too much for Seattle and you know I had to try and just not let the obvious things get away from me because of what happened to the Raiders the week before and I had to remind myself that the Niners are not the Raiders and that the Raiders are actually much closer to Seattle so though even though Seattle had a winning record they did lose to the Raiders, and we saw like who the Raiders really are, and they're you know, a low-mid-level team. And even though Seattle's record is good, or at least uh, it was, I think Seattle realistically was a mid- or a high-mid-level team at best. And I always looked at them as more of a wild-card contender than anything. And I like Seattle, and I'm happy for them. And uh, they actually played about as good of a game as I would have hoped from them. The defense stepped up. They, you know, held the Niners to only 21 points in that game. But uh, San Francisco did run the ball for 170 yards on them. They also, I think, had more passing yards in the game, if I read that correctly. So the Niners just did what they do they controlled the ball they didn't really give Seattle any opportunities and in watching the first half it felt like the the first half was so long because it just looked like San Francisco had the ball the whole time I mean every time Seattle would get the ball they would go three and out um and then they didn't really do anything other than scoring late in the game to cut it to 21-3 so I'm just gonna bring up the team stats really quick um so Seattle ended up having one extra first down, but ultimately San Francisco was way better on third down. Not even way better, but almost 50%. Um, they ran the same amount of plays, but the Niners had 100-plus more yards. They had an extra drive. They averaged almost two yards more per play. Yeah, they had uh, more passing yards. Not by a lot, but you know, 211 to 207, so they won the passing game. And then they won the rushing game 170 to 70, so... I mean, that's that's all you need to know, and penalties were in their favor as well, and so was time of possession. So it was really, you know, just the kind of game I expected from those two teams, and I think, if anything, Seattle being 7-7, seven and seven, like, they're definitely not out of it. Uh, they can get to 10-7, and seven, but they always struck me as more of a 9-8 and eight team, and, I mean, the most frustrating thing for me is that I was offered a trade to get Greg Kittle for my playoff run and what he was asking for at the time I had to wait and see what was going to happen with Darren Waller and of course Kittle goes off for two touchdowns with Debo out so not ideal for me in that league but um, it is what it is and I had to reach out to Chris I texted him to confirm his address because he's the winner of our Commissioner Cup in the home league which is the uh first well not first place but most points trophy for the regular season so we instituted that for the first year this year and he won so i confirmed the address with him and just had to tell him like hey man uh i really love the way the niners play football and i hate admitting that but (laughs) i do they they understand who they are they run the ball they control the clock they play defense they make it hard on their opponent to have opportunities, and I, I wish uh, I wish the Bills would learn a little bit of that. Like they're never gonna be the 49ers, but I wish they would just take a little bit of that and just recognize like the value of not rushing on offense. Like the Niners will run a play, and then they'll you know they'll take their sweet time getting to the next play, and I love that. It's like you're not in a hurry. You're in control. You're winning. You're the better team. You don't have to be in a rush to give your opponent opportunities, and. Uh, The way that the Niners' defense plays makes that um, especially easy for them to do. And I don't want to, like, disparage Seattle. They're a solid team, but uh, they were no match for the 49ers. And I felt that the gap between the Niners and the Seahawks was much bigger than the gap between the Raiders and the Rams. So I I felt confident in picking the Niners, picking them to cover, which they did. And I think I took the over because I was hoping it would be more high-scoring, but ultimately 21 13 you know Niners Cruz Brock Purdy goes 17 of 26 with two touchdowns only got sacked once McCaffrey had 108 and a touchdown on the ground plus uh, an extra 30 Kittle went four for 93 and uh you know Seattle really couldn't get much like Metcalf was a little bit of a head case out there he was frustrated and getting bad penalties and it is what it is uh if if kenneth walker stays healthy and seattle can get back to establishing the run they'll be okay but if they become a one-dimensional passing team i i fear that this is going to happen to them more because geno smith was 31 of 44 for 238 and a touchdown with three sacks and so without the run uh, kind of being able to predicate how they do everything else it's just uh it's tough sledding for them but uh we're gonna move on we're we're all in a hurry today as we got places to go i'm not going to be able to watch the bills game live so i have to uh, i have to base i should probably just delete all social media apps off my phone
0: just turn off all notifications and don't open the apps
1: yeah that's a good point um i
0: mean you can delete too but
1: yeah i don't need to delete it just leave my phone at home uh anyway (laughs) (laughs) uh so let's get into the rest of it two minutes to win it Okay, so before we jump into the Sunday games, I'm just going to say that I officially picked the Browns to win and to cover the three points and the Bills to win, but the Dolphins to cover the seven in the blizzard. And then by the time that this gets out there, you know, those games will already be over. So we're just going to move straight into the first games on Sunday. So which one is that?
0: Eagles at Bears.
1: All right, well, I really have no reason to suspect the Bears are going to win this game. Um, But you saw that the Texans were able to push Dallas to the brink. I mean, the Eagles are favored by eight and a half. That seems kind of small for this game. Um, And with Minnesota winning, they kind of have to keep winning as well. They don't get to just like chill and secure first place anymore. I did trade to get Miles Sanders, so I'm hoping that he has a good game against a Bears uh, rush defense that gives him about 150 a game. So the Eagles are better on offense. They're better on defense. They score about 10 more points a game. They give up like six less points a game. There's really no reason that the Bears should compete in this one. The Eagles are healthier too, Um, and with Chase Claypool out, that's one more weapon away from Justin Fields. And it's like hey maybe you know they get a little complacent and the bears are able to get some stuff move in with justin fields but realistically if the eagles play their game and they stay on a mission like they kind of have been um they should beat the snot out of the bears and cover the eight points pretty easily just the bears don't really score that much and so like Justin Fields is your best rusher as well at 900 yards like that's not good for your offense your top receiver only has half the yardage of Philly's top receiver AJ Brown's got 10 touchdowns Mooney's got two uh and then the Eagles can just go three running backs deep and not have to use Jalen Hurts but you know Jalen can still ball out whenever he wants to or whenever he needs to so I have no reason to suspect the Bears uh can compete but you know what it's December football it's in Chicago it's probably gonna be cold uh looks like it's 29 in Chicago right now so it's gonna be cold it's gonna be crappy um but even under the best of circumstances I think eight and a half is fairly small and the Eagles should be able to cover that so we'll we'll take the Eagles uh, to cover the eight and a half um damn it what was the over under on that game I missed it it's time okay The line was set at 48 and a half. I'll say under.
0: Ritz picks.
1: Of course, Ritz has taken the Bears. Okay, what's next?
0: Alrighty, It is Falcons at Saints.
1: Falcons and the Saints. This is going to be Desmond Ritter's debut for the Falcons stepping in for Marcus Mariota, who I think went to injured reserve. Uh, That's correct. So they get their rookie in there finally. Not a great recipe for them, especially since 5-8 and eight is now not too far out of striking distance for the division lead. But I think New Orleans is just a better team all around, even though their record doesn't say it. It's just like they find ways to lose games, but their defense is better. Um, their offense is not always better, but you got a veteran quarterback who has played solid. Uh, they don't score as much as Atlanta could be um, a scheduling thing but they do put up more yards they give up fewer yards they give up fewer points and the point score is comparable at Atlanta with 22.2 and New Orleans at uh, 20.4 so they're not like that far off in terms of how much they each score and give up per game so I'm just looking at Is Desmond Ritter going to step in in his first game as a rookie and beat a Saints team that knows how to run the ball, play defense, and, you know, take some things away? They're both 1-4 and in their last five, but if you look at the losses for the Saints, it's Tampa who leads the division. San Francisco, who is San Francisco, Pittsburgh, who was on a roll and had TJ Watt, and Baltimore, who is tied for the first in their division. If you look at the other side, you got the Chargers, who I think were barely 500 or maybe 500 in that game, Carolina, sub-500, Washington is the only winning team. I mean, you count Chargers too, but the quality of competition, I would say, is better for the Saints, and they just had some tough luck, so I'm comfortable taking the Saints, and if it were Mariota, maybe I would take Atlanta to cover the four points. But since it's Ritter, I just I don't know. So I have to go with uh, the Saints to cover the four. And we'll say under 43 and a half. Ritz picks. Ritz goes Saints. Okay, what's next?
0: Lions at Jets.
1: Lions at the Jets is interesting because... It's gonna be cold in New York. Um, So the Jets are favored by one. They're somehow 66% favored by ESPN's matchup predictor to win this. They're one point favorites at home. It's gonna be 40 degrees. So really cold for a dome team in the Lions. And really the Jets defense is the only defense in the league that's top five in yards allowed per game, uh, both passing and rushing. The question is going to be their offense, because even if their defense is good, can they hold down the Lions offense enough to give them a chance with Zach Wilson back in? And I would think in the game that we just saw against, you know, or between the Colts and the Vikings, that was a game where the Colts had a much better defense. And I figured the defense would give Cousins problems. But at the end of the day, Minnesota is just a... a, pretty good offense that knows how to score points, so I was I was hopeful that Minnesota would still find a way to win the game and they did. I mean it was crazy, but in this matchup I think Detroit just has a much, much better offense. And with Zach Wilson back in at quarterback, it makes it much harder to trust um the Jets. Like they moved away from him for a reason. Then Mike White gets hurt. He doesn't get cleared by doctors. So now White is back in there. Um, if White were playing, I might have even taken the Jets to win the game because of their defense. And their defense can certainly cause problems for Detroit. But it just seems like Detroit is the better team right now. And if Zach Wilson like just plays a little crappy, then the door is going to be open for the Lions. And the Lions do have a really good pass rush. And you saw them get after Cousins last week. And they eventually gave up some points. But... They did a really good job in the first half, and I think in that kind of game, if the Jets have to come back from like you know, 14, 13, it's going to be really tough on them. So I'm going to take the Lions as underdogs here at plus one, plus, plus money on underdog Lions who are 9-4 and four against the spread. I like that. And we'll say under 43.5 because the Jets do have a good defense and because the weather might be shitty.
0: Ritz Picks.
1: Rids likes the Jets in the cold. Okay, what is next on the agenda?
0: Steelers at Panthers.
1: Steelers, Panthers, both teams 5-8. and eight. Uh, Steelers are 3-4 and four on the road, Panthers 4-3 and three at home. It looks like a coin toss game according to ESPN's analytics, but uh, looking at any of the key injury stuff here, what do I see, what do I see? Uh, Kenny Pickett's out, we know that, so it's Trubisky, which is scary. Uh, The Panthers are coming on strong behind their run game, and they finally uh, accepted that Sam Darnold is going to be their quarterback. And I think the problem with Mitch is that they just don't score. So, like, even if he plays well, it's like they're going to score 17 points, and is that enough to win? I don't know. It just hasn't looked like it. And they lost last week with Trubisky in against the Ravens team that was missing – Lamar Jackson and then also I think lost Tyler Huntley in that game at some point as well could be wrong about that but you know I think it was a game that the Steelers uh, should have had a good chance to win and they just they couldn't score points so I know that Carolina's defense is not as good but they do have a run game and they do have a pass threat so oof This is a tough one. Minus three? It could be an ugly game. I don't know if minus... I like minus three, but... The Steelers have, in theory, a good enough defense when it plays well, but they are giving up more yardage than Carolina, so they're not playing well that often. So I'm going to have to go with Carolina, and uh, we'll say Carolina covers the three and... Und, no, over... No, under 37 and a half.
0: <laughs> Ritz picks.
1: Ritz is going Panthers too. Okay,
0: what's next? Cowboys at Jaguars.
1: This is going to be a good game. I didn't... You know, if you would have showed me this a few weeks ago and been like, oh, circle this one on the calendar, I would have been like, get out of here. But, you know, the Jags are playing tough. They're 3-2 and two in their last five with wins over baltimore vegas and tennessee so solid teams and their only losses are to a pretty good detroit team and kansas city and then you look on the other side and yeah dallas has won four out of their last five but you know they won a division game against the giants and they beat the snot out of indy and i think they thought they were such hot shit that the texans decided to show up for the the all texas bowl and put a good game on them and the Jags are a lot better than the Texans and Trevor Lawrence is coming off his career best game so I think this could be a game but Dallas is rightfully favored at minus four and I mean if Dallas is anywhere as good as they believe they are this is a game they're supposed to win and they score more they give up less they they're about the same in yardage uh, and they have a slightly better defense but it's their run defenses where they're weakest, and the Jags definitely want to run the ball, so this is gonna be a really interesting one. I would like the Jags to win. I don't think they actually will, but at four points, mm, I think I'll still take Dallas. Yeah, we'll go we'll go Cowboys to cover the four, but let's have fun with it and say these guys go over 47 and a half. In Jacksonville, where uh, it's going to be sunny and semi-cool for the game, I think. So, weather shouldn't be an issue.
0: Rids picks.
1: Rids pivoted from the home teams and took the Cowboys. Okay, what's next? Is this the Chiefs game?
0: Yep, at Texans.
1: Chiefs at Texans. So, I mean, you saw the Texans give it their all in the, um, the rematch game against their former quarterback. They almost... Hung in there and won that game. And then in the All Texas Bowl, they gave Dallas a legit fight. But I mean, they are 1 11 and 1. There's no reason they should beat the Chiefs. Uh, but this is the NFL. Chiefs are favored by 14 and a half. I just don't know what Texas has left. Like, is this game that important to them to try and beat the Chiefs? You know, are they playing for the uh, number one pick in the draft here? The Chiefs just do everything better and even though maybe defense is their weakest area and you saw the Chiefs' secondary get challenged a lot by Cincinnati in that loss, the Texans don't have the ability to challenge the Chiefs in that same way, Uh, and I think they're missing several key pieces. Uh, Damian Pierce got sent to injured reserve, as did Stingley, Um, so, you know, they're just going to ask Rex Burkhead to dominate? I don't think that's going to happen, so... Chiefs need a win, uh, and this is a low-hanging fruit kind of game for them. 14.5 is a lot, especially in the NFL, and Dallas didn't cover the 17. So we'll say Chiefs win, but maybe the Texans have one last stand. This is, you know, the only thing they can get up for is playing against the good teams and see, like, where they're really at for next season. So we'll say under 49.5, Texans cover the 14.5, and the Chiefs win.
0: Ritz picks.
1: Rids broke her pattern again and took the Chiefs on the road. Okay, what's next?
0: Cardinals at Broncos.
1: Oh man, ain't this a shitter? It's the shits. A 4-9 <laughs> Cardinals team on the road. At a 3-10 and 10 Denver team who I believe doesn't have uh, Russell Wilson for this game. I could be wrong, but I'll double check that as I'm looking into it. I think... You know, with Kyler being out for the season as well, like, that's another detriment to the way this game could have gone. But other than that, like, Arizona's mostly okay. They are missing Byron Murphy and Zach Allen on defense, but Russell Wilson's got no Sutton, no Wilson, no Kendall Hilton. Uh, Dalton Reiser's questionable on their O line. They still have a good defense, but I think they've just reached the tipping point this season where. I don't know how much they have left to play for, because it's like they were playing a division rival in the Chiefs last week, and Russell Wilson finally showed up and played great, and it looked like, you know, we might finally see the kind of Denver team that we had expected <clears throat> all this season, but now they're 3-10, and like, beating Arizona does nothing for them, so... I just I feel like maybe that might have been deflating to get into a close game with Kansas City and then get Russell Wilson hurt and when your defense has played so well and you still gave up 34 points in that game, so Arizona is not that good, but Colt McCoy knows how to run the offense, and had they just avoided some very simple coaching decisions last week and uh, not continued to go for it on fourth down for no reason, they might have beat the Patriots, but you know, that's what dumb football will get you, and there's a reason that they're four and nine, but I will still take the Cardinals to win that game barely. And they're favored oh, they're underdogs by a point and a half, so okay, perfect. Uh under 36 and a half, and I'll take the Cardinals to win, and that means they'll cover the point and a half.
0: ritz picks.
1: ritz is taking the Cardinals here too. What is next?
0: Patriots at Raiders. Well,
1: speaking of the Patriots, here we get the former Belichick cheating protege, Josh McDaniels, uh, going up against his former mentor, Bill Belichick. Raiders are one point favorites at home, where they're three and two. Patriots are four and three on the road. Over under forty four and a half. Uh, I know New England doesn't like score as much, but they're not that far off the Raiders and the Raiders defense uh, in comparison is just not good. Uh, I mean, they're good up front. Their front four is good. Perriman's good. But aside from that, like their secondary got so exposed by Baker Mayfield and the Rams that it's going to be really hard for them to fix that. And I know like Mac Jones ain't that like the most uh, slinging quarterback out there, but you saw what he did to Arizona. Like, he can play a, a solid enough game to take advantage of bad man-to-man coverage. And their bigger issue is that Stevenson is questionable and Harris is out. So it's going to be what? Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris running behind that O-line. Jacoby Myers questionable. Devontae Parker's out. So it could be Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. Uh, the rookie Tyquan Thornton may get some runs. So they're just a little shorthanded in the areas that would be the most valuable to them in this game. And... The Raiders are, in theory, going to bring back Darren Waller and uh, Hunter Renfro for this game, but these guys haven't played in a while, so... Man, that's tough to say. And Perriman is questionable. Rakyasin is out. Uh, Andrew Billings is questionable. They're missing their uh, right guard Alex Bars and Jermaine Eluminor. At, uh, right tackle is also questionable, as is Jacobs, but Jacobs plays anyway, so whatever. Um... You better yeah right uh but the Raiders are five and eight their season is like officially on the line with this game if they lose they're eliminated because nine losses ain't going to get you into the playoffs Patriots need this game too though and their defense is pretty good and they can they can scheme you up pretty good as well it's going to help the Raiders that they have their weapons back but I just you know I don't have faith in them They've shaken me so much this season, and you've got a guy in McDaniels who's going against his former coach. So, I mean, maybe he knows some of Belichick's tendencies, but you know that goes both ways. And if I have to pick, like, which coach to bet on, I'm not picking McDaniels. So, I guess that means I'm going with the Patriots on the road at plus one, and I just gotta hope that if I play Carlson and they're in the dome, he kicks a bunch of 50-yard field goals. Um... And we'll say over 44 and a half.
0: Rids picks.
1: Rids likes the Raiders. All right, what is next?
0: Titans at Chargers.
1: All right, well, the Chargers are suddenly dangerous again, having Mike Williams back. And, you know, that really makes Justin Herbert have to do a lot less because he can win some 50-50 balls all of a sudden again. Derwin James still doubtful. That's going to hurt them. But other than that, they're mostly okay. Uh, Keenan Allen's healthy. Mike Williams healthy. You got Palmer now moving him to the slot. Pretty dangerous. Everett has had a solid season for them. Uh, Herbert's healthy again. Eckler is not as dominant as I would like for fantasy purposes, but he's still playing well. But then, you know, Traylon Burks is out on Tennessee. Danico Autry's out. Imani Hooker's out. Christian Fulton's out. Trey Avery's out. Um, Missing a lot of guys. And, yes, they have Derrick Henry. Uh, Yes, the Chargers have a shit-run defense. But Tennessee is just not trending in the right direction right now. There's a chance that their defense is still good enough to create some problems for the Chargers. But what their defense does well is not what the Chargers really want to do anyway. So, sure, take away the Chargers' run. They're going to throw the ball 40-50 times a game anyway. So that's really what you got to focus on. And you got three guys out in your secondary. So... I've seen what that looks like, and I can see why the Chargers are 61% on uh, ESPN, and I see why they're three-point favorites at home, and they're just looking like the better team at the moment, so I have to go with the Chargers here and just trust my gut, and we'll say it's going to be... This important game. I'm gonna say under 46 because both these teams are fighting for position. But like Tennessee, seven and six, so the South is basically theirs. The Chargers are really fighting for that wild card position, so Chargers need it. Um, they got to get it done. And as long as they play smart football, they probably should.
0: Breads picks.
1: Chargers, it is. All right. What's next?
0: Bengals at Bucks.
1: Bengals at the Bucks. Well, all of a sudden, the Tampa Bay Bucks who are six and seven they got to play for the division because here comes Carolina and Atlanta is only a game back too. although they hold the tiebreak over uh, Atlanta, but I mean, the Bucks can't mess around in this game and the Bengals at nine and four, I think are tied for first in the North, depending on what's happening in the Baltimore game, but it looks like Cleveland's up six, three right before the half at the time of this recording. So, uh, the first place is up for grabs in the AFC North so this is a good opportunity for the Bengals to get ahead of the Ravens finally and you know I just I don't know how Tampa's gonna win this game they still got Vita Vea out Jamel Dean's out Edwards questionable Winfield questionable Sean Murphy Bunting's questionable Carl Nassib is out uh, Tyrone Shonka questionable Julio questionable but what else is New Tristan Worst questionable um like they're just they're so beat up and they're coming off uh their last game where they got absolutely just like thumped by the 49ers and sure maybe the Bengals defense isn't as good as the 49ers but they scheme well especially against the pass and that's going to be a problem for Brady they've won their last five in a row uh Cleveland that is where Brady and the Bucks are three and two in their last five and really wins against seattle and la and new orleans are not super impressive and you know losing to cleveland and overtime is a little bit worrisome they just don't score i mean even when they play their best they're like lucky to get 18 so the defense is almost a push and then when you look at the offenses uh cincinnati's offense is better they score more mobility at the quarterback position jamar chase is going to abuse this secondary and they're going to get caught holding and with a lot of pass interference calls I just I don't see a road to victory for the Bucks so much but it's Tom Brady it's always hard to count him out but three and a half for the Bengals I'll take it Bengals three and a half and we'll say under 45
0: Ritz picks
1: Ritz says Bengals all right what's next
0: Giants at Commanders
1: Ooh, the rematch of the 2020 tie from a couple weeks ago. Both teams are now 7, 5, and 1. Washington's favored by 4 here, though, at home this time. And it's going to be cold. I don't know if it's going to be, like, super rainy officially, but it does look like it's going to be chilly outside. And this is, let's see, the game will be tomorrow morning around 1. Yeah, 39 degrees and sunny, real feel cold. But the Giants are used to playing in the cold, too, so it's not that big of a deal. But I think when it comes down to, like, the level of physicality that the teams play at, the Washington defense definitely uh, has the edge, especially in their front seven, in terms of physicality. So I think that could be a factor. The Giants are also coming off a game where they got absolutely pummeled by the Eagles and got run all over. And that's exactly what the commanders want to do, is just run the ball, take pressure off Heineke, so... Four points is a lot in a game where these two teams just tied. What a week ago, two weeks ago. Uh, Back on December fourth, they played to a tie. Commanders got the bye week, while Philly had to go. um, Excuse me, New York had to play Philly instead, and they got thumped forty-eight to twenty-two. So, I'm gonna go with the Commanders. Uh, I will take the over at forty and a half because they tied and they hit a push on the over last time or i think it was 40 and a half also and they tied at 40 so i'm going to try to get the over this time i'm going to say the commanders win but i will take the giants to cover the four in a close division game where they are both playing for uh, playoff positioning
0: Ritz picks
1: Ritz says g-man all then what's next
0: rams at packers
1: Oh, wait. Yeah. So that was the Sunday night game. This is the Monday night game. And if there was ever a Monday night game that should be flexed out for a better game, this is it really (laughs) this, the schedule this week doesn't have a ton of better options available. So I kind of get it. And if the Packers win, like they're still in the hunt for the playoffs. So it's an important game for them. David Bakhtiari's out again. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but it seems like it's time for him to maybe retire. He hasn't been healthy in two seasons. Um, so they're gonna have some questions to answer there, but other than that, like they're pretty healthy. The Packers, I think, are coming off their bye week as well, so they're looking about as good as they have uh, health-wise this season. The Rams are still without David Long. They're still without Aaron Donald. They are still without um, Marquise Copeland. Jordan Fuller is still on IR. Brian Allen's questionable. You know, still Wolford is out, so it's gonna be Baker's team right now. But no Cup, no Robinson. Uh, So it's going to be Van Jefferson and Skronic and Tutu against a pretty good Packers secondary. So if they want to win, they're going to have to find a way to run uh, because I don't think they're going to get the same kind of wins that they did against the secondary for the Raiders. So as much as it pains me to do it, I'm going to bet on the Packers defense being good enough to get the job done. That's why they're favored by seven and a half. But after what I saw last week, I'm not going to count Baker out that much, and I'm going to have to say that the Rams are going to cover that 7.5, and, and the game will be under 39 and, a half, and I will take Green Bay to win in what's going to be a very cold game as well. So, yeah, low scoring, Rams cover, Packers win.
0: Ritz picks.
1: Rids agrees. She takes the Packers, too. And that's it. We've reached the end. The show's only going to be 36 minutes, even when I... Add in the few little additional touches that make the show so special. Uh, I'm impressed. It's gonna be pretty easy. I know. I told you you're gonna breeze through. There's only 13 games. We had a time limit that we needed to get done by. So. Well,
0: we didn't cover the Saturday games. So. We
1: didn't cover the Saturday games either. That's why I put my picks on record. Um, a brief overview is I think uh, Cleveland is gonna end up winning this game. They they were up six three when I checked. They still are. It's at half. So I picked Cleveland to win that game and cover the three. Um, and, I, of course, I picked Buffalo. And I've been right most of the time because they're 10-3. and three. But they're playing in the snow. Uh, I haven't seen enough out of Tua playing in really shit weather conditions to know. And for the Bills, I'm not afraid of the snow. I'm afraid of the rain. The rain is really where their offense struggles because the ball becomes slick when it's cold out there and the ball isn't like as wet they josh can still throw the ball in the cold and in the wind we've seen that so it's not a concern it's more just like how much snow is there going to be if it's like the snow game years back the Bills got to be able to run the ball but when you look at which team runs the ball better it's the bills you know you still got josh allen you still got at least singletary and uh cook who have had good games lately so, if you, if you need to power run the ball in really bad weather conditions, I would favor the Bills as well. And the Bills have a top 8 rushing attack. Or Yeah, they are 8th, so technically top 8. But most people probably wouldn't expect it. A lot of that is Josh Allen. But nonetheless, uh, the Bills can move the ball on the ground. So, I'm taking them. They're healthier it's a rematch it's time to basically ice the division if they win they get to 11 and 3 they eliminate miami's tiebreaker and they're in the driver's seat in the AFC east Um, i think miami could still potentially finish at 11 and 6 as could the bills then they would go to some other tiebreaker which i don't know what that will be but of course i'm going bills so um yeah you know what it is go bills go bills uh, do you have anything to add to this? You and I are playing each other in fantasy this week and it wasn't looking good for me there early, but then Kirk cousins took some shots of Hennessy in the locker room and sorry, I don't want to like it called for libel. I am theoretically joking here, but <laughs> the Vikings woke up at halftime down 33 zero and they just showed that they don't have quit. And Oddly enough, the Vikings are a team that I've kept very high in my power rankings for much of the season when a lot of other people faded them a little bit lower down because they look at moments like this where it's like, hey, the Vikings aren't that good. And for me, I'm like, they're resilient though. And the way they beat Buffalo, like they beat the Jets. So I just, I haven't faded them. I've kept them inside the top three, I think. I had them as high as two, but then they lost last week. So I was able to put them down a little bit. But yeah, I just I, I haven't been able to get off of them because you are what your record says you are, and they keep winning. So, despite some of the disastrous starts, uh, they still managed to hang in there and win games. So, hey, credit to the Vikings, man. They uh, they played their asses off in the second half and found a way to win. So, huge collapse, obviously. Matt Ryan on the wor- on the receiving end of the worst loss in Super Bowl history, or worst comeback in Super Bowl history, and worst comeback loss in uh regular season history now too. So sure sucks to be Matt Ryan today, but uh that probably ends the Colts season. That's it. We're at 40 minutes. I don't really got much else. We got we got stuff to do. Going to record the Bills game, come home, watch that late at night. So that means it's probably going to be crazy because that's what happens when I record the primetime games. You got anything to add?
0: Come on. Do it. Do it. Come on. Come on. Come on! Do it now! Happy Football Sunday. Yay!
1: Happy Football Sunday. Go Bills. Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help, so if you enjoyed it, please tell somebody. But liking, subscribing, and sharing go a long way, too. This show is an extension of theshites.com, and you can contact me at info at for at Scheiß Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills.